A very good afternoon to you. My name is Sia Sangweni Finn, and I'm so excited for the upcoming hour, and thank you so much for having us on. Now, this is a special edition of Untapped Talents with me, of course, Sia Sangweni Finn. And I have to say, as a proud media partners of the Rising Star Summit, which is actually happening on the 22nd of October, um, I'll be talking to the founders of the Rising Star Awards this hour, Laura Barker and Alistair Swart, as well as some top executives from the participating companies. Now, if you don't know, the Rising Star Program, was actually launched about three years ago and it has successfully recognized over 150 talented young individuals. Now, these individuals have not only been recognized by their organizations but have also competed with their peers in the country's only national platform where this can happen. Now, this, in a nutshell, is the two, the Standard Bank Rising Star Awards and I'm so, so honored and privileged to have uh, Laura and Alistair joining me in studio. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Zia. Thank you so much for coming in, by the way. Thank so, you. So let's get, first of all, to the crux of the awards. Um, the Rising Star Awards, they are there to acknowledge people under the age of 40. And generally in our country, we can refer to them as the youth. How many people can go on and complain about the youth and say talk about youth unemployment and the lack of skills that the youth has? Why did you guys, with the sponsors and the organizers, decide to say, you know what, we're actually going to do something about this? Um, I think our initial concept came from working in South Africa and seeing how much talent there was out there. Um, so. South Africa has some um, extremely strong businesses, extreme and a very um, successful, although it gets criticized, but it has a very strong economy. Yeah. So I think what we were trying to show is the good bits of South Africa because there's so much negative, often so much negative publicity when actually there's a great economy, great businesses and really, really great strong young people. Uh-huh. So firstly and foremost, by the way, congratulations. <laughs> it's three years in the running. A lot of hard work has um, gone into this. What sort of preparation goes into planning something of this magnitude? Well, uh, sorry, I'm Alistair. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, look, it's it's a lot more than just the award ceremony itself. It goes from the entry process, collating all the entries. Um, this year we had around 320 entries coming through across 11 business sectors. Um, those all get collated into semifinals. We then take that down to finals. Uh, we take the finalists to a judging panel where they come through for a face-to-face interview. It's about two hours where we, we grill them and just make sure they have the right stuff. So when we label them rising stars, yeah. you know, we know that they've got the right thing. Um, and then we can only even start talking about the gala dinner. You know, so it's, it's more the back end. And that's also something that we did say when, when we launched Rising Star was to make sure that we can follow this through with the back end, not just be a flash in the pan award ceremony. You know, thank you very much. And please go do it all again. Yeah. But rather find something that we can develop into a bit more substance um, by developing this network by once we say you're a rising star, uh, work on their, their self-development going forward, work on how to get them to the next level, you know, get the spotlight on these individuals to open those doors of opportunity for them. This is very interesting to me, but let's start right at the base. What would you two actually define as a rising star? Um, I think in a nutshell, we're looking for somebody who has the potential to be, and potential is the word, but the potential to be a future CEO. Mm. We're looking, there's, we're not looking for the next um, singing talent or the next anything like that. We're looking specifically for those people who have something special to make it all the way to the boardroom and the top echelons of the boardroom. 
Um, and I think our concept with working with the network once we've recognized them now is that if we can get these young people working together now, knowing each other's cell phone numbers, calling each other, regularly meeting with each other, then when they've progressed to the top echelons of business, mm -hmm. then the fact that they know each other on a first-name basis of the CEOs of all the major companies, then that can only be beneficial for the economy as a whole. And is that what you'd particularly define the purpose of this overall project as? That is, that's the long-term vision. Um, our initial purpose has changed a lot since when we just launched it. When we, when we just launched, we wanted to steer away from, you know, your National Women Awards or your National BE Awards mm -hmm. and just kind of level the playing field and actually have a South African award that looks at individuals for their true potential. Um, so that is our, our true ethos. Our purpose in the long run would be to, yes, benefit the economy by identifying and developing individuals going forward. Now, 150 individuals so far, that's, you know, that's a very big thing because it's not just 150 people who are segregated on their own, but it's 150 people from all around the country who are going to walk into different organizations, different boardrooms, and that is what I personally feel the legacy of this whole project is, those people who are going to go out there and make a difference. How has it been? Three years in the running, how have you found it? Um, it's been tough. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the first year when nobody had ever heard of us, we're calling organizations saying, hey, guys, do you want to put your um, talented young people forward into this um, process? Yeah. And that took, sometimes took a little bit of persuading. But we're very, very fortunate that a lot of the corporates jumped on board straight away. People like Standard Bank, ArcelorMittal, Sasol, NGen, many, many of the corporates said, I see what you're doing here. It's a great thing and we'll support you and put your young people forward. Fantastic. That also comes in the basis of sponsorship because without them, we couldn't do it either. Yeah. And Laurie, you have over like 10 years experience working in business media, both in the UK and South Africa. How have you felt that experience has led to this moment? And you've gone out there and done an amazing job oh, what a question and thank you <laughs> um i think uh, i've been in as you mentioned in business media since i graduated um back in the uk and i've always been in the business awards um area in the uk i launched awards such as the women of the future awards which is a similar concept to this um, but just women and that particular award gave me a lot of inspiration as to what to do here because that award ceremony is seven years old now and they do a lot of work with the finalists they recognize as well the finalists get into schools and work with school leavers and all that kind of thing and it's developed an energy that mm -hmm. really lives by itself and that's something i thought that we could duplicate here in south africa yeah alistair i see that you're very hands-on at the black park office as the operations and creative director there how do you, how have you seen the response of the overall south african youth um, do we care about nurturing talents? Do we actually uh, have ambition and drive to go out there and develop our talents, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Yes, I've seen a, a big uptake with regards to to the development side of things. If I I look at um, development organisations approaching us to say, please, can we help you with your rising stars going forward? For example, really. Uh, the Pacific Institute, um, on judging day, when we were judging our finalists this year, um, Sam Alex Alexander came to us and said to us, I would like to get involved with this year's finalists. Okay. Um, and actually sponsored a three day course where we do a bit of, it's called Invest in Excellence. And it's about identifying their true potential within themselves and then how to, um, execute that potential, which wasn't something we had pitched for, but something that it came to us. Um, yeah. and if, if organizations start identifying us and saying, listen, actually, we want to be involved with you, that says that some some ways, you know, some of the 
of the brand called Rising Star has been picked up by the organizations. Um, if I look at the amount of inquiries coming in, our brand presence has definitely grown both through South Africa and Kenya because we also run this out there. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it's been, it's been an amazing, um, like adventure going forward and watching how, how corporate South Africa has, has warmed to us and taken us on board and said, great stuff. You know, you guys are doing a great thing and we'll get involved. Okay. So let's actually talk about the awards evening themselves and how they progress to the actual summit and the overall network. How do we piece it together and how did you uh, organize the whole project in a way that it will be fruitful ultimately and sticking to your purpose? Right. So what we did was um, initially we used to do a leadership conference for the rising stars. So we have the gala dinner where we invite all our we, we identify five finalists per sector. So it's 55 finalists of that. We will choose one rising star per category. Um, we invite all of these guys over. We do a huge big gala dinner and just appreciate them for, for their efforts uh, to contributing to our economy. Okay. From there, we put them on an online platform called the Rising Star Network. Um, and in order to keep this network alive, we do a lot of networking functions. And at a lot of our networking functions, we realize that there's really fruitful conversations going on, but we're not, ex- you know, we're not really putting that on a platform and exhibiting that to the corporate, um, to the corporates in South Africa. So instead of doing a leadership conference this year, we've decided to turn it on its head and put the stars on the stage. Okay. Um, invite the HRDs and the CEOs to come and attend and say, listen to your stars, listen to what engages them, listen to what's going to inspire their loyalty going forward. Um, and actually use this insight that we get from these rising stars to see if we can get that corporate agenda and the stars' aspirations to align. You know, can we can we go forward? Can we can we make everybody happy? Yeah. And when you this for me is incredible. When you have such great people all together in one room, you know, the different HR and talent pr- practitioners with the actual rising stars. What have you seen personally come out of this whole project? I think the most exciting bit for me is the effect we have on these young people. Um, I have many, many testimonials of some of the stars come back. And I think one of them that signifies it, um, what I'm trying to say the most was a young lady. She won, she won an award in 2013 and she came to me. She said, Laura, my organization always knew I was good. I'm perfectly aware that they knew I could do my job very well. Mm-hmm. But since this award, I feel like I have a voice. They listen to me. She's like, do you know what? The chairman invited me into his office and asked my opinion. And what that does for a young person inspires their loyalty, their motivation, and for the organization um, is an amazing thing. And I have multitudes of uh, testimonials of the stars who've said things like that, which is just inspires us to get on. I I know. I I just get chills (laughs) when you say that. I'm like, yes. That's it. We're changing the world here. Have you felt something similar to that, Alistair? I think my, my most exciting story came from the, the Kenya Awards. Uh, there was an individual in the energy and chemicals category who started off as a pump attendant, petrol pump attendant. In fact, he couldn't get a job. And he went to oh, the wow. garage and he said, I will pump petrol for free for a month. And if you want to employ me after that month, that would be great. Um, this individual is now currently doing his MBA. He's, he's sitting in a, I think he's in a director role, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, he's really grown up the ranks from a petrol attendant that wasn't offered a job and said, I'll work for free. He wasn't on the corporate's radar. Um, and the corporate came back and said, we didn't know he was there. Now they're flying him from Kenya to come through and to meet the MD of Engine. Um, 
And it was so funny. In his interview, they asked him, so what's your goal for the future? And he said, I'm going to be the MD of Engine. So they've kind of, <laughs> they've kind of made a joke of this and said, oh, well, in that case, we're going to fly you over to South Africa to meet this guy. Um, which was, you know, that's, that's a great way to say we're also doing our job by supplying a service to, to the corporate to say, yeah. do you know who your real talent is? I find that absolutely intriguing and, and just so inspiring as a South African seeing this type of development in our own country. But how have, how has the overall network made sure that as much as we are creating and, and nurturing this talent, how do we make sure that these people actually go out there and are fully equipped to start making a difference in their own communities and environment? Um, we do have a partnership with the Alexander Education Committee, um, who I don't know how much you know about the AEC, but uh, they're a wonderful organization, obviously working in Alexandra, and they work with some of the talented youth, and they, they spot youth who are, who are committed at school, who work hard, and who have a chance to go further, and then they look at funding some schooling for them, but also hook them up with some mentors to give them some real life advice and business advice. And does this uh, extend further from the summit? Um, all our, all our rising stars are offered the opportunity to get involved with uh, the AEC. So oh, wow. that's something okay. that we do um, as a wider give back initiative, which hopefully will give back to the younger generations and then go from there. Yeah. Um, in the summit, we, as Alistair mentioned, the conversations of what engages me is something that I find really exciting because I believe the well, I believe the aspirations and and the agenda of youth has changed over the past 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. We don't look at a job for life anymore. And increasingly, um, ethics and transparency and CSR are becoming a mu- playing a much more critical role in the choices of employer. Do you want to work with someone who doesn't have any CSR? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Whereas did that matter 30 years ago? So they're the kind of things we're looking to highlight so that engagement really happens and the employers can hear what the young people are saying. You know, on that note, one thing that drew me to what you guys are doing is the fact that we have now changed what the corporate world is. It isn't just a boss sitting up there in his little corner office overlooking the whole city in the air conditioning office and who's dictating what his employees must do and he's waiting on an outcome. Yes, some of those principles are still the same, but it's actually a human who's looking down and seeing talent, other humans as well. And... Corporate actually cares about nurturing that talent and making a way forward of honing that talent, making sure that the person actually excels in what they're good at. So on that note, with what the awards are doing, I just have to say that's an amazing, amazing job. And so who on that note, who is the modern day employer and the employee? Is loyalty a big thing? Do we just care about moving on? Do we, does the employer ye actually care about, okay, what will fulfill me and we move on? How do we deal with those dynamics? Great load of questions, <laughs> but quite an insightful batch of answers. Um, I think increasingly the employer has to, com- has to care about the employee. Um, employees nowadays, especially the talented youth, have choices. They have a lot of choices of where to go. Um, talented youth are much sought after within the within from the, within the corporate world. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, the world is changing, and the corporates have to look at skills development. They have to look at developing, and it's not just that they have to. I think they've realised and taken a step back that the old way doesn't work. Oh yeah. If they don't invest in their youth today, then their youth will become disengaged and leave, or they won't even, or simply won't get the best out of their youth. And I think what I'm trying to say is that in today's world with IT systems and all sorts of things, 
the base function of many organizations is streamlining, is similar. And so people are your only USP. So it's how you treat your people and how you work with your people and how you engage your people mm. that really is the, the bottom, bottom line of business. Alistair, just for you as we round up, where do you see the awards, the summit, the network, this whole project as a whole moving towards in the next five years? All right, my, my next five-year vision spans throughout Africa. Oh, first and foremost, <laughs> I love that you actually work on visions because I know I am just, I'm trying to be in the league of a rising star and I work on five-year plans and you have to work towards things. So yes, let us speak about our five-year plan. Right, so, so we've <laughs> spoken about the 150 individuals we've identified in South Africa. We also have identified 45 individuals in Kenya uh, where we are hosting the awards again in 2015. Oh, wow. Um, so then we'll have 100 in Kenya. We will have 200 in South Africa. We are then launching Botswana around 2016 um, with the hopes then to go up towards Ghana, Nigeria, that sort of side. Um, but with the vision being in five years' time that we can start connecting these smaller economies, we, we, call, it, we call African Africa the, the economy powerhouse. But how can we do that if we're not connecting our resources, if we're not connecting Kenya with South Africa Ooh, with Botswana? So true. Um, and Rising Star could deliver that solution. Yes, it's ambitious, um, but it's because of ambition that we are where we are today. So, oh, so true. So, so true. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be, our, I think, my main focus on it would be in instilling this network um, throughout Africa and getting the Kenya Rising Stars to start networking with the, with the South African Rising Stars to, to get the, the Botswana project launched, to get that network networking in and actually create an African network of talent. So that when we start looking at, um, for example, like me now launching a company out, uh, launching these awards out in Botswana, mm -hmm. I know my strongest partner is the partner that took me to Kenya. So USB, because I have that contact, have now opened up contacts um, and connections for us in Botswana. And without those connections, we wouldn't be able to do this. So that's something I've learned on and said, let's, let's provide that for the youth going forward. So let's provide that for rising stars that when they do look at doing international business and they cross the borders, they're not going to foreign territory. They can call on a mate and say, listen, I'm, I'm going here and here. What do you think my risks are? You know, where, where's my biggest bottom line, pretty much? This is absolutely extraordinary and such an amazing project. But here's the big golden question. What would you two personally define as the legacy of this entire network? Oh, that is a question. See, I love the big, deep in thought silence. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, I think if we can make a difference just to one person's life, um, now whether that's identifying one person as a future leader and therefore giving them the motivation and the aspiration to go further, mm -hmm. um, and if we can just make a little difference in recognition and acknowledgement of the work that one person puts in, if we can do that wider, then I think that's all we're looking to do, really. Wow. You, you know, it's a big, big congratulations for everything that you've been doing. And thank you so much for joining me this afternoon on a special edition of Untapped Talent. Thank you for having us. Here. See ya, thank you. So that was Laura Barkin, Alistair Swart, the, one of the great minds behind the Standard Bank Rising Star Awards. This is a special edition of Untapped Talent right here on cliffcentral.com. We'll be back straight after this talking more about this incredible, incredible project. Unreal. Uncensored. On radio, cliffcentral.com. There's a fire burning in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out of the dark. Fire.
Sometimes it feels like heaven and sometimes it feels like hell But you keep on going until it gets hard to tell 
your body moves with the grace of an archangel, like a stroke of genius from Raphael. And every part of you is aching, but your face is radiant. 'Cause you went right through the pain. You wrestled with an angel. You waited in the rain. Saint George and the dragon on a Preston painted plane. The sweat upon your forehead. It didn't fall in vain. It didn't fall in vain. Sometimes it feels like heaven, and sometimes it feels like hell. But you keep on going until it gets hard to tell, and your body moves with the grace of an archangel, like a stroke of genius from Raphael. This is an amazing and amazing song from a guy who makes me feel like I have no talents whatsoever. <laughs> His name is Johnny Apple. He's about 17 years old, winner of South Africa's Got Talent. And now I'm just going to sit here and sulk. <laughs> But anyway, let's move on. Yeah? I'm going to be positive and optimistic about this because I have extraordinary people joining me, by the way. This is a special edition of Untapped Talent. We're discussing the Standard Bank Rising Star Awards. Um, they've just taken place. And so what we have to look forward to coming on the 22nd of October is the actual Rising Star Summit. I love that, you know, this isn't just to buy face or to do something just to give back, but it really, the people I've been able to speak to and still am going to speak to are genuinely passionate about this. And so I have many more people joining me in studio, starting off with Tamsin Burrell, who's an executive at the Global Business Partners, IBM. Welcome, Tamsin. Thank you. We also have Nguli Bachopa, there we go, who's a group property manager at Rio Tinto. Thank you. Uh, Mute Rambuani, who's a business intelligence strategist for PQ. Thank you. Uh, Mute, I just have to say, as a little side note, you score like two ticks in my books. First of all, you have a cool surname like Rambuani. Secondly, as like an awesome title, like business intelligence strategist. So, <laughs> two golden stars for you. Thank you. <laughs> Then I've Prisa Matsena, who's the head of Interbank and Payments Division for Postbank and the South African Post Office. Thank you all so much for joining me this afternoon. So, I want to just start off our discussion with actually, with all of you, what is your personal definition of a rising star? Someone who takes accountability for what they do and always strives to rise above the rest. You know, someone who takes on a leadership role without needing to be told so. And someone who's just very, very self-driven and 
outcomes driven that for me is definitely what I look out for when I identify other stars, but um, that certainly is what drives me. So Prisa walked in here and she announced, I am a rising star, so I can talk about this. <laughs> Prisa, for you, how would you define a rising star? Well, uh, you know, a rising star, like they said, is someone who's internally driven. Uh-huh. Is someone who's internally driven, someone who will look at strategy and you take that and you implement it. So it's someone who leads from the front, but also someone who's able to move aside and let other people lead as well. Tamsin, do you think a rising star is honing potential or can it be carved from just anyone? I think it depends on one's attitude. And I really think that it can be carved from just anyone, providing the person has perseverance and providing the person is goal-orientated. So it's all about potential. And Murta, you're heavily involved with this as well. How have you found um, has been such an amazing way to actually harness that potential in the rising stars? I think uh, first and foremost, um, uh, just being self-driven and uh, that age to want to make a difference in whatever um, sphere you you find yourself in uh, helps a lot. Um, And uh, just associating yourself with uh, people that are off the same drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there was this... What I love the most about this and what really gets me excited is I always say, if you put like-minded, excited, driven people in a room together, you can never get a negative or down outcome. Absolutely. It's just how it is. And so for me to have these amazing people, these talented young individuals in with mentors almost, these HR practitioners, etc., all together at the summit, for me... it, it. it provides an opportunity for, for to discuss ideas and to generate all these amazing, uh, this just amazing potential for the future. How have you found each of you being personally involved with this project has been your greatest highlight and what you've seen uh, with the development of the talent thus far? I think for me, my greatest highlight was uh, actually winning. For the, okay. ICT, for the ICT sector Because okay. I have to be honest Winning is good <laughs> Winning good is you. good <laughs> I have to be honest I, I was up against some really fantastic people And mm. just the, the, the general caliber Of people that I found myself Surrounded with mm. During the whole process And and also how stringent the process was I mm. mean they, they gave us A case study which was really hard And they gave us 45 minutes to unpack it Yikes. So I I must be honest, just winning for me was a, a huge accomplishment um, yeah. because, like I said, I was surrounded by all these fantastic people and I, did, I, I knew I was giving off my best, but uh, it was gratifying to, to, to win. But with that said, how do you think it, it's a big thing, a big title to be called a rising star? Let's talk about the pressure of the expectations, etc. How have you noticed some of the stars actually handling it and how has it actually weighed on them? Uh, first of all, I, I didn't win, but to have been nominated okay. yeah. in the... Nominated is also good. That's <laughs> yeah. a... No, that's very, very good reasons Tamsin for that. is not going to backtrack uh, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I am an, I'm an architect, actually, and I'm a property practitioner. So to have been nominated for the mining and industrial sector on oh, its wow. own was like, wow, you know. So that was a big thing. And I must say that when... Uh, when the September edition of the Africa Forbes magazine came out last year, I had to get a call from Nigeria 
to say your name is on the list and I had congratulations coming from all over Africa, like Kenya, friends that I have in Tanzania, friends that I have in Morocco, everywhere. And I was um, like, what that are you talking is about? No, that's massive. And they said, no, you must look at the Forbes magazine. I was like, really? Which one? And I, I only got to know after the fact, you know. So it's been amazing. And um, the, the airtime that it's given you even within your company where people really take you seriously, where you work in an organization with over 60,000 employees and the CEO gets to know your name and send you an email. So wow. that is great, you know. No, so it's, definitely. It's good. Yeah. Mote, how have you found being, what has been the greatest change in you as a person and you as an employer, uh, as an employee as well, being involved in a network and a project as such? Um, I, I think for me, firstly, uh, the Rising Star uh, Awards gave a platform um, to meet other people out there in different industries that I wouldn't ordinarily come to converse with. Uh-huh. That uh, is in its own um, very, very... Um, it's it 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 goes a long way. Um, I find uh, you we 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 all focus on whatever we're doing, okay. and w- there, there aren't enough platforms in the country to get young people um, who focus within their careers to meet and converse around uh, the things that are challenging within corporate. So I think uh, the Rising Star is a platform that. Um, Gives that mileage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Prisa, I, I was telling Lauren Alistair earlier on that the mere fact that we're having a discussion on awards that are all about acknowledging talent, young talent, is a big thing. It just shows that corporate is actually changing nowadays. Do you think more and more corporate organizations are coming, are stepping up to the plate and are moving towards, um, the just the lane of seeing the the employers as talent and as people at the end of the day i think so i mean if you look at most employers you know they do have like uh, internal recognition yeah. ceremonies where they actually recognize talent but i think what makes rising stars special is that it looks at young talent so you are not looking at the organization you're saying who is going to lead this organization in the future, who is our future CEOs? Mm-hmm. And if you look at talent, at talent succession management, you have to start identifying people that will take over the company in the next 20 years. And normally, if you look at people that come through the ranks, people that understand the organization, people that have worked in the organization, you are able, you know, most CEOs come from people that are within the organization for some time. So let's get to the nitty gritty of a rising star, someone with that potential, someone who has talent. How do you feel we can get them motivated and engaged? What do those sorts of people want? I think uh, it was probably best summed up by a recent Ivy Business Journal uh, who called it the 10 C's of employee engagement. Okay. And and there's a number of C's, and I, I won't go through all, all 10 of them, but there were really three that resonated with me. And the first one was career, um, providing ta- challenges, because people that are self-driven – need challenges, Uh Uh, they need mentorship opportunities, they need coaching opportunities, and they need to see some type of career progression. So I think for me the first one would be career. Um, I would then say another one is control, particularly the span of control that employers allow their employees uh, and the flow and the pace in which they allow them to do their jobs. 
we all know that, that the time is an issue for us. A lot of us are in traffic. A lot of us are working moms and we have kids. And we need to be able to be given the flexibility to be able or the control to be able to do our jobs the best way we know how within the realms of our working day. So I think that that's a that that goes a long way when it comes to retaining your key staff, yeah. especially people that, that are challenged. And the last one for me I would think is credibility. And I know it's one of my personal one of the reasons I've actually been at IBM since 1998 oh, wow. is, is, is credibility. And a lot of, of people want to be proud of their jobs. They want to be proud of their organizations. They want to be part of a brand that resonates success and longevity. Absolutely. They want to be part of a brand that has a very high ethical standard. And for me, one of the reasons I've stayed at IBM is because they are a 104-year-old company. Uh, they are able to transform. Yeah. Uh, they, we recently won uh, one of the brand awards for one of the top employers in South Africa because of, wow. <laughs> of, of retention pra- plans and top talent plans and uh, the mentorship opportunities that we afford and the educational opportunities that we afford our people. So I think, like I said, there are 10 Cs, but within there, if you focus on the top four or five uh, and do surveys within your organization, you really can capture at least a good, 80% of the people that have the leadership qualities for the future within your organization. You know, um, Tamsin, that's a very, very interesting point. Let's start off also just with employee engagement. Who would like to define that for us? Tamsin's like the person for the job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so an engaged employee is somebody that is fully involved, somebody that is enthusiastic about their job, somebody that has passion for what they do and their business. Does this mean someone who sees coming to work not just as a nine to five? It's part of their n- life. Oh, okay. They have a passion for it. They go the extra mile. They have a personal connection to their company and their company's values. That is wow. an engaged employee. They drive innovation and, and all of those behaviors move a business forward. In fact, there was a st- statistics taken uh, in January that only 13% of employees worldwide are engaged. Oh, yeah. you, you obviously then have, oh. have a percentage which are actively disengaged, which I think sits at around 19%. And those are the damaging ones. And then you have the majority that just sit in the middle and do the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, the USA had the highest employee engagement percentage with 30 I don't know what South Africa's is, okay. but I know that uh, thir- if 13% is the global standard and 30 is by far the highest in the USA, I would gather even if we were somewhere in between, it would be a problem for most organizations in this country. Okay, then who would you say, whose responsibility is it to make sure an employer, employee is engaged? Is it the employer or the employer themselves? I think it takes it takes two to tangle, but in, in, in most cases it really does take uh, employers engaging their staff and making them feel that they are part of the solutions and making them feel like they also a customer, you know, uh, looking after your people then make sure that the rents and cents can look after themselves. Uh, And how how can an employer look after? I think engaging them, you know, engage your staff and find out what is it that makes them tick? What is it that makes, um, I mean, some of, uh, of what came out of a call that we had earlier in the week was that, um, we need to know 
that our employers care about us not only as a worker, not on, not only as Nguli, the employee of yeah. Rio Tinto, but Nguli, the person. Nguli, the person is the mother that Tamsin was talking about. So, so no, there's many facets yeah. to me as a person, and I come from somewhere. So when you engage me, engage me as a whole. Don't engage a part of me that's just here to work, deliver, and walk away, because we're not machines. You know, people are people, and they need to be treated as such, and you cannot keep emotions out of it. You know, uh, the most, some of the most talented people are those who know that emotions are, are what makes people tick. You need to to be able to engage people on a personal level. Mm-hmm. That's how you get to know what really makes them tick and then move them forward to the next level. But having said that, where you started out, um, I think I don't think everybody is 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 self-driven and you know and that perhaps is what leads us to these to these statistics because not everybody is doing what they're most passionate about in the first place you know some Ooh. people are just coming wow, you're to really work getting down to because, the source because people some people are just coming to work for the sake of i'm doing a job yeah uh you know are you taking on a job or are you carving your career. That's the conversation I'm having with most people that I mentor now. Are you just taking a job for the sake of taking a job Uh or are you carving out your career? Because if you're carving out your career for the long term, you can even at some point have to take a career uh, uh, salary cut just so you'd stay on the right track that yeah. will get you to the ultimate goal that you're looking for. If you're looking for a job where well, anything comes along, you just grab it and you go, you know. So there has to be a point in time when people need to choose. But with such joblessness in South Africa and the stats so high and so bleak, people, more and more people are just starting to take on a job. Mm-hmm. And I must say I'm one of the lucky ones who really is doing something that I'm so totally passionate about. And it's quite a privilege. You know, the... In- on both points that you raised, you know, about how to get people motivated and really engaged and also those who may just be doing a job and not necessarily passionate. I feel that the likes of training or coaching and mentoring will come into play. Prisa, do you think that's something pivotal nowadays in corporate? Absolutely. And that's how you drive... Um, employee engagement you have to i mean mentorship is a, is now a critical factor because like Nguli said you know people now there's no jobs in south africa young people come into a job scene and they're like okay what's available i'll do anything just to be employed yeah. but then as leaders within an organization you need to start identifying those individuals and say okay what can i do what what are your career aspirations where can i help you and sometimes you know especially with young people i think they're called the mcdonald's generation the mcdonald's things. generation <laughs> <laughs> it has been, <laughs> there have been a challenge in my life can and, i put and, that on my cv <laughs> my name is sia part of the mcdonald's generation yes they, they want things to happen instantly you know they need mentors to say sit down calm down what, what journey are you on? Where do you want to go? They need direction. And sometimes as a leader, you have to make difficult decisions for them. You have to say, I don't think you need to go this way. You need to go that way. So mentorship is quite critical in this age that we're in. Wow. Yeah. The McDonald's generation. I think that's a, that's a whole new other show just on its own. But Mute, for you, what do you feel ins- will inspire employees nowadays you know the mcdonald's generation who some may be just viewing it as a nine to five whereas an employer sees it as a potential you know a talent that needs to be nurtured what do you think inspires someone to actually do their best in their occupation i think first and foremost um what i've found with organizations is uh, there's a misalignment between um employee satisfaction and uh employee engagement 
the stats she was uh, alluding to there, right? Talk to employee engagement. Uh-huh. And I think what needs to happen for the McDonald's generation is uh, leaders have to now be measured against a KPI. Um, Ooh, KPI, talks, what does that mean? That's a key performance indicator. So that's something that you would be measured against. So in your instance, how many listeners do you mm. get to... Sorry, <laughs> let me just whip out my pen here. Okay, KPI, yes. Yes, um, I think it's it's very important to have another line item that measures um, what you're doing about engagement within the organization, top down from your CEO to your HR executives, because you find a lot of uh, people are being measured by the number of people that leave an organization... We think that is because people are engaged, people are satisfied. Like they said, we've got a unemployment issue in the country. Uh-huh. People can't just hop jobs, so they just stick with what they know, and they just do as is. So I think for the Gen Ys, the McDonald's generations, firstly, they want a platform that is allowing for them to be self-starters. A lot of organizations are very legacy-driven. Okay. They're not allowing for you to come in and come up with solutions that are not of the status quo. Oh, yeah. So that's very frustrating uh, for Gen Ys. You find them very disengaged. Uh, they want to um, move up the corporate ladder very quick. Yeah. Right? And it's possible because we live in a very globalized world now. Uh, they can see their peers in the States, the peers in the UK. We now Six. have, uh, listen to me, I'm, pr- I'm now saying <laughs> we. Call me a McDonald's generation. Yes. I will say we. I'll stand up for us. We now have a world eye view on things. Yeah. That's yes. the truth of the matter. Yeah. So you're seeing 19-year-olds building organizations that are bigger than uh, banks that have been around for centuries. Mm. So I think we, we need uh, a focus uh, within organization that really delves into what exactly do these young people, because you're seeing a shift, Uh, 20%, 30% of the people coming into the job market are fresh from varsity. Mm -hmm. So you need to now um, have like a platform that allows to incubate that talent. I think that's what's missing within organizations. And I think this uh, session on Wednesday will help us uh, unpack that. Yeah. You know, he, here's the truth of the matter, though. Vus Tembegwai, who's like the rock star of public speaking, once said, and I'll paraphrase here, but it hit home with me because he once was addressing a crowd. It was like a conference of some sort. And he said, if your employee has a different vision to your company's vision, he will never stay loyal. And that's the truth of the matter. We are now viewing employees as people, as talent with their own goals and aspirations. How do we make sure that we take the personal value or vision and align it with a company? Because ultimately, if those are not aligned, then, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the truth. You know, how do we make sure that we actually align so that we can have a fruitful outcome for all? Just to add on to what Mattel was saying, um, companies always do customer surveys and check what's happening outside with their customers, how they are viewed by their customers. Very, very rarely do companies look internally Mm -hmm. and do a customer survey of their own employees to say, 
how are you faring as an employee within the organization? Are you still aligned? So it's always important to do that internal check oh, as yeah. well. And um, what I also highlighted was intergenerational dialogues are very important within mm. organizations because uh, the young ones are coming in from varsity and with all these big qualifications. But when they come in, they don't find people as young as them. They find mm. people who are much older and much more advanced. How do they then come in and manage those people? How do you manage those those relationships to ensure that everybody's still moving in the right direction and in the same direction and not having others feeling like we are not being respected anymore and others feeling like there's no room here for me to grow because companies also have to evolve. They do, you know, times are just changing and the world is just too global. They can't afford to be stagnant. Do you think companies are progressing and evolving at a, um, an appropriate, let's use the word appropriate pace given that the times may be changing, but we do have employees who are absolutely different. Sure. Uh, I can tell you it's a very slow, slow, okay. slow change. Uh, in my in my sphere of work specifically, you know, I work with space and I work with office planning and just moving people from, sorry, you can't have that corner office that's 30 square meters big. Now you're moving to a more open plan because we actually do need to engage much more openly. Yeah. We do need to embrace a, an open door policy. We do need to move in that direction. It is very difficult, you know, but it's work in progress. Some companies doing much better than others. Some coming along slowly. <laughs> slowly but surely. Yeah. But you know what? What truly matters is that they are making a step in that right direction. And it's absolutely, you know, nonetheless, it's absolutely amazing that they're doing this. And we have to congratulate where necessary. But thank you so much for joining me to everyone. Where can people um, get more information? It's all going down this Wednesday, right? Yes. For the actual summit. Yes. At the Wanderers Country Club in Joburg. Okay. The Wanderers, yeah. Is there websites where people can go, get more information, et cetera, et cetera? Rising, Rising Star. Oh, eh? <laughs> as if they were told in unison. Quite a collective bunch here. It's a little choir going on as well. It's risingstars.co.za. Fantastic. Thank you so much to Tamsin Guli Mate and Prisa for joining me. Also to the founders as well of the Rising Star Awards, Laura and Alistair, earlier on. Thank you to all of you. What an amazing hour. What an insightful hour. What an enlightening hour to myself as part of the McDonald's generation. <laughs> a mini rising stars is definitely taking note, but it absolutely means so much to us. So, and thank you so much for listening as well. This was a special edition of Untapped Talent with me, Sia Sangweni Finn. It's just a few seconds before 3 p.m. And Aria Kalman is next with Kalman on Cliff Central. But from my side, my name is Sia. Until next time, Sia.